Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Thanks for joining us once again. And sorry about last week, we didn't get to release an episode. Busy week coming out of lockdown here in Sydney, so things got ramped up and time went by and we couldn't fulfill the commitment, so we do apologise if you have been waiting for it. And anyway, today I want to talk about how can we get our dog to get along with the cat? And it's a question that comes up quite often, especially when you go out to consults and we do see that people have a cat already and we're introducing the dog. Um, generally, we have a little bit less issue when we have a dog and we've introduced the kitten, but we'll talk about that. I guess it's also kind of fresh for me, introducing Chili into our new home, my new dog now. It's been about four weeks today, four weeks yesterday. So it's been pretty good. However, at first, we went through all of these protocols because I didn't know how he would be around. Um, and my cat's name is Romeo, just so you know. Or we call him Romy, so I may refer to him that way. So um, number one thing is Romeo came into our lives as a kitten when we already had dogs. So he grew up like a cat dog rather than... The, and back in the day, we I always lived with a cat growing up my whole life. So when we had my old cat, Ashley, when we introduced the dog, there was a different dynamic. So Ashley had a different attitude towards dogs compared to how Romeo has his attitude towards dogs mainly because of that and of course for many other factors like every cat's different just like every other dog's different so um and of course the the cat's experiences with other dogs so just give a quick little background we used to do dog minding here i've mentioned previous times before and of course it was like many random dogs in our backyard and romeo does have the access throughout the day to wander into the backyard and come back in and stuff like that so he got used to like a lot of the um, regular dogs were, had access to him and everyone was all good and comfortable. So he does know how to be around dogs. So he has this like sense of, yeah, I'm the cat around here. And cats always have that sort of um, mentality anyway. And the saying goes, cats have slaves and dogs have masters. And, and there is some truth to that. So number one thing I want to talk about is that cats are always above dogs. Whatever your opinion is on on if you're a cat person or a dog person or both like me, um, I believe that cats should always be like high if there is any hierarchy. So that way the dog has to just do whatever it is that the cat wants within reason, right? I don't, and I think it's better to have that attitude because cats are prey to dogs um, in, in a natural sense. When a cat runs away from a larger animal, then they're going to chase him and consume him, right? So there is a little bit of that primordial energy there where a cat runs just stimulates this this chase energy and chili has a very high prey drive he likes to chase balls he likes to play tug he also likes to chase birds so there's a sense that maybe at first i didn't know and i made sure i took all these management precautions so we want to make sure that and also teach our cat that we are keeping them safe and we're managing every single interaction and that's exactly what i did with chili um we kept um, romeo inside while we had chili in the backyard when we'd let um, Romeo out, I'd have Chili on a leash. And what I would do is I did a little bit of the um, counter conditioning every time he looked at the cat because he did get a real like, oh, there's a cat there. What is that? I've never seen it before. And he was a little bit scared. He was definitely scared. There wasn't like, oh, my God, there's a cat. I want to chase it. So he, because he's a little bit insecure in that in that fact, I needed to make sure every time he looked at the cat, I marked and rewards, started giving him his dinner and just make him do basic obedience stuff for me while the cat was around. 
And I just physically managed that with the leash every single time for the first like maybe week and a half. Now, a lot of the things that I've done because I was spending a lot of time with him and I do spend a lot of time with Chili is that I can speed up some of this process because it naturally um, occurred a little bit quicker where some people may need to take some time. Maybe the first month, um, dog and cat are around and you need to keep the leash on. It depends on your situation of your cat, your dog and your environment. So um, it's important there, and I've already talked about kittens with existing dogs. Look, the reason why I feel a little bit more comfortable with Romy is because as a kitten, he grew up with the dogs, so he knew exactly what a dog is rather than a cat that only sees dogs walking past the house and barking and, and running at them. It can be a lot more fearful for them. So with that, I let Romeo like have his freedom and I control Chili on the leash. And every time Chili said so there was a, that's where I um, apologized today. I had to kind of find my way back to what I was trying to say is that every single time that he was around, I was trying to make a positive experience. And then it got to a point where we would let them get a little bit closer. And then there was a time where maybe about two weeks in, I was able to have Chili off the leash when Romeo came out because he always kept the distance. You can see that he was fearful and he doesn't look like he was fear aggressive, that he was going to like bite the cat because he's scared. He's like keeping his distance. And everything was really good, but something did happen um, around that two-week period where I was inside, Tanya was outside, and I just heard like a dog squealing like like a bloody seal. And I thought, oh my God, spades has attacked Chili and there's all drama. So I run outside, which obviously didn't happen. Um, Chili popped his head into this little carnival tent that my son likes to go into to play in the yard. He shoved his head into there, obviously smelling Romeo to suss out where he is. And then Romeo swiped him on the nose. And then he had like this big reaction, running away. I went outside, saw it was all good, reassured him, but there's nothing really much to do except for just don't shove your nose up to the cat's face and I think that's what I mean by cats are above dogs like I don't I don't punish Romeo for that um it's up to the dog so now give the cat space and just let him do his thing and since then as I and I as I mentioned before I haven't given you much of an update on Chili so basically um he's our dog now he comes inside the leash is on there's times where the leash isn't on um everything like in the last couple of nights I've just let him in he goes onto his bed because he shows that he just stays on his bed he doesn't go anywhere my house is very small so there's there's not much freedom in there. He just does his thing. And then when I want him to go outside, he goes outside. So everything's been good. But um, the first time after Romeo swiped him on the nose, we walked inside. He saw Romeo sitting on the couch. And he literally scaled the wall, the whole perimeter, to get to his bed. He wanted to like stay well away from, from Romeo. So I just reassure him and not make a big thing about it. And things have been going pretty smoothly. Like Romeo coming in the back. He's like, oh, there's a dog there. I'm the cat there. But then he looks away and Romeo does his thing. Except for yesterday, there was another incident where um, I wasn't there. I just heard like another yelp and I went outside and Romeo's just standing there like a boss. And Chili's like, oh my God, the cat swiped me again. Um, and there's an f- interesting thing there. He's obviously, Romeo's obviously communicating to Chili, hey, I need you to back up. Not come into my face with such excitement. Um, and it's like unpredictability because he play like Romeo plays with Nookie and lays right next to spades and like and nuzzles them and stuff. So it's not like he's he's strange to dogs, he likes them. But um he's just obviously like trying to establish his boundaries with with Chili. But there's nothing really that Chili did wrong. He's naturally getting punished by the behavior anyway, so he just has to learn that when Chili when Romeo's around, you just ignore him and just let him be. I um obviously like when this morning I was sitting out outside having breakfast and Romeo strolled out and he's like, oh, and he came up to me. I gave him a little pat, like, hey, man, it's all good. Relax. It's all like Romeo doesn't care about you. Just let him be. So that's what's happening at our place. Uh, we're able to get that because Chili's a, a sound dog in terms of um, not being aggressive. And also I've done lots of management to show him this is how it is when you come into my place. Um, and there's cats and dogs and children around. 
And there's certain ways that you have to act in the yard compared to inside the house, compared to when you're out, outside of the property. You have to try to realize as well, is your cat a tree dweller or is your cat a bush dweller? What does that mean? When your cat wants to go hide or, or go chill out, is he hiding under things or is he trying to get up high up onto things? And there are two different types of cats to my knowledge. So if you catch a tweed, well, if your cat is a tree dweller, then make sure you have some sort of like scratching post, nice and high where your cat can go up onto or your dog can't reach him. And that way there you're giving your cat a safe space to go where you feel comfortable. If your cat's a bush dweller, wants to hide under things, make sure you can go under somewhere where he can be left alone. And um, making sure that you're showing the cat that they're safe is like maybe even having a baby gate to another room where your cat can jump over. And and that happens at our house. We've sectioned off of like for my son on the kitchen to the living room. And Romeo can easily jump over it. No dog jumps over it. So he can always make space whenever he wants. And I think that's really important. If we can give our cat a place to feel safe and to go, then it's on the cat to make the adjustment around around the dog as well as getting our dog adjusted around the cat. If your dog's scared of cats and your cat's a bully coming up and like, you know, being too much, you can tell your cat to back it up and, you know, manage that. But usually it's it's the other way around. If you have a kitten growing up with the pup, with the dogs, he, he in, engages and reacts. He's almost like, as I said before, like a dog cat. He kind of like plays a little bit like a dog. And where if your cat's doing his own thing right from the beginning, then it changes the way that their relationship is. They may never really hang out, but they have to tolerate each other's space. And um, and having that section that can be to the to a laundry where you feed your cat maybe and have your bowls and your and your cat food up high because dogs lo- dogs love cat food, really rich and tastes really nice. So we... um have a little section up in the laundry where our cat eats and that way there no dog can get to them. And I think that's important too because you want to manage what your dog's eating. Your dog will eat your cat's um, poo as well. So make sure that the litter is somewhere where your dog hasn't got free access to it. Like Nook is culprit for that all the time. So um, these are other things to to, um, take, take into consideration because not only is it gross and disgusting, but also, you know, how many pregnant ladies out there um, toxoplasmosis is very common and prominent in cats' feces. So if you accidentally get some of that into your mouth and you ingest it, then toxo can be very, um, very threatening to your to um your your baby. So look into that. Do a bit more research. And basically, I do the poo duties around here, making sure that Tanny doesn't really have any risk of coming in contact, especially while she was pregnant. And now somehow that became my job forever. Now, so it is what it is, right? Um, Counter condition to desensitize your dog is basically what I said before. Every time your dog looks up at the cat, tell him to look at you, mark and reward. Have that leash on so if he does decide to run, um, you'll be like, no, you're outside. You chase the cat, you've lost privilege of being inside the house. And also your dog chases your cat, your cat freaks out and scratches, your dog may re- react out of out of defense and bite. He may just chase and bite the cat just because it's just what dogs do, they, they're predators. So you want to make sure that these things don't happen. Make sure that leads on the house, whether there's a cat inside the house or not, until they know how to act then you can loosen up those rules. I'd rather start off with limited freedoms and then give them more over time rather than give them heaps of freedoms and then giving them less over time. And I'm talking about the dogs here. Be careful that a cat can damage your dog's eye. Can he literally take the eyeball out? Very rare, but more so um, scratches to the retina can be damaging to your dog's eye for many reasons, infections and also like blindness and things like that. So you want to be careful. And you have to start to know your dog, know your dog's pattern around your cat, start to understand what your dog is like around the, around your cat and give them that opportunity if everyone's all neutral neutral and mutual around each other and Romeo comes up to sniff Chili's nose and he feels comfortable with it and wants to engage and that will probably happen over the next four or five months that 
they will just learn to just be around each other and they can start to develop some their own sort of relationship. But right now we just don't want cats to continue to scratch the dog and we don't want the dog to consistently um, be scaring our cat. So it was a Q&A, but I'm not going to make this Q&A because like heaps of people have asked me. So I thought I'd put this out there so it's something that we can refer people to and also hopefully if this is something that, that you're looking for, that we've a- I've answered some of your questions. Um, if there's anything more that you want to know about it, I guess, like there's plenty more things, but I think it's more down to the individual cat and dog and how you set up your house. And a lot of it is management. So like, for example, when Romeo jumps out the back, he knows how to jump onto the bin and onto the fence where he always knows how to stay safe. Actually, in fact, a quick thing before I wrap up is years and years and years ago, we had two border collies in the yard. Romeo jumped the back fence into the neighbor's yard and I was at the back there doing a sweep and all I heard was just commotion. And I looked up and I saw Romeo getting shaken by a dog. Um, no punctures, everyone was cool. And I caught it really, really quickly, luckily for Romeo. Um, and actually, in fact, that was when he was quite young and, um, and a storm rolled in the first time he was outside when a storm was in and he was gone for a few hours. So we had to go look for him. He ended up coming back, no dramas. Um, he wasn't actually lost. It was like, he was on our property somewhere. But, um, again, I'm giving you my faults so you don't have to repeat the mistakes that, that I've done. Um, and these things are like unforeseen. I didn't, and uh, again, Romeo didn't really know much about random dogs being in the house. He thought dogs have been around. Everyone's been cool. So he learned real quickly from that experience that dogs are not just friendly, but also they need, you know, he's got a bit of street education on his back. He's a bit streetwise. He understands that dogs are, can be potentially a problem too, because cats, cats fight, fight with him as well in our driveway from time to time. And now they has gone a little bit older and we don't let him out at night, but sometimes he runs outside. Um, we don't, it's really important that you don't, especially in Australia, we don't let our cats be outside of a nighttime, especially because they can kill up to half a dozen to a dozen wild, um, wildlife a night. And that's a real big problem. So anyway, that's me for today. I really hope that today's episode serves you well. Um, as always, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Hit up on our Instagram or our Facebook, any questions and share this with a friend. If you haven't subscribed or liked physically liked anything, especially on Apple Podcasts, um, please do that for us because every review and rating always um, helps the show and reach more people. Much love to you all. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.